When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So today on the show, obviously we're going to look back at the NFL draft, but specifically we're going to look at which teams in each division had the most interesting draft. And I, I say interesting, but we're not looking at the best or the worst necessarily, but the ones that stood out for their approach or for the players they selected or for what the draft says about the direction their franchise is headed. I'm going to pick one team from each NFL division and weigh in on the draft and again, talk about what teams I thought were really interesting in how they conducted themselves over the weekend. Next up, the AFC North. All right. The team that had the best draft in the division was the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I'm not going to talk about the Steelers. If you've listened to this podcast before, or if you caught me on either of the FFSN draft recap shows I did with Jeff Hartman last weekend, you know I'm a Steelers fan. And I don't want to be accused of homerism, even though it is hard to deny that the Steelers had the best draft. But again, this show is about the most interesting draft, not necessarily the best. So let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. The fear I had and that many of my friends had over at the Steel Curtain Network was that there'd still be an elite tight end on the board when Cincinnati was on the clock for their selection near the end of round one. The Bengals lost Hayden Hurst, their starting tight end from last season in free agency, and they signed Irv Smith to be their starter, at least on paper, uh, signed Smith from Minnesota, where last year he caught just 25 passes, missed half the year with injury. I don't think the Bengals are comfortable, or at least it didn't seem anyway, with Smith going in as their number one, and we all figured they'd pick a tight end high in the draft. So there they were at 28, ready to pick, and the board was still pretty stacked. I mean, Buffalo had chosen Dalton Kincaid, a really nice player, a few picks earlier, but the consensus best tight end overall Notre Dame's Michael Mayer was still available, and so was Georgia's massive Darnell Washington, a player I pegged as an ideal draft target for the Bengals on this show just a few weeks ago. As a Steelers fan, the notion of Cincinnati giving Joe Burrow a target like Washington or an all-around player like Mayer to pair with their embarrassment of riches at wide receiver, to be honest, I thought that thought sucked. I, I hated that idea. But to my shock, and I got to say pleasant surprise, the Bengals didn't go tight end in round one. They picked Clemson Ed rusher Miles Murphy instead. And Murphy's a darn good football player who was projected in many mocks to be long gone by the time the Bengals picked. And the pick makes total sense. They got a highly rated player who wasn't expected to be there at a position of need. Cincinnati was 29th in the NFL last season in sacks. 
And like we said earlier, the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks. So getting after the QB is a big deal. And Murphy had 18 and a half sacks in his career at Clemson. So that's obviously something he does well. So the Bengals philosophy here was interesting. We talked in the first part of the show about how teams like Philly and Atlanta doubled down in the draft by picking players who would accentuate areas where they're already strong. Since he had the chance to do the same thing by picking a highly rated tight end and further stocking their offensive arsenal for Joe Burrow. You know, picking the tight end would have essentially been an admission that the Bengals were simply going to try to outscore teams. But that's not what they did. Instead, they decided on the draft's other common philosophy, probably its most common philosophy, which is to fortify an area of weakness. They had a poor pass rush. Murphy was an accomplished pass rusher. There you go. Not only did Cincy address their defense in round one, but they did it in rounds two and three. Also, picking defensive backs DJ Turner from Michigan and Jordan Battle from Alabama. They did add a couple of receivers later, including Andre Iosivis from Princeton, who I thought was a really interesting sleeper pick. And he fits the mold that Cincinnati has of big, long receivers with speed. And, you know, Iosivis was an All American heptathlete at Princeton, which is pretty cool. He could be a nice addition to the receiving core, but make no, no mistake about it for Cincinnati. This was a draft with an eye towards stopping Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and perhaps Jalen hurts. Should the Bengals get back to the Super Bowl? 